welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets The three mothers, haven't you understood? Mater Tenebrarum, Mater Lacrimarum, Mater Suspiriorum. But men call us by a single name, a name which strikes fear into everyone's heart. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we start this Italian Blood Month off hot, brother, because we are going to be entering a gothic-like hotel structure. We're going to break a bunch of glass. We're going to have a bunch of cats everywhere. We're going to have a, a couple of neon lights. We're going to do some eyeball pojin. We're going to be doing some, uh, some some murder mystery because we have entered the Dario Argento land of Inferno. J.K. Klein, J. Emerson, what's happening, Allison? How do you feel about this Dario Argento month? And how do you feel about the Italian blood? Man, you know I'm happy about it, the Italian blood month. I love Dario Argento. He's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Um, I don't really think he can do a whole lot wrong. I even liked his version of Dracula. Um, yeah, but these movies that we're talking about this month and the phenomena from last month, these are all just incredible movies. And yes. Inferno is potentially, it's hard to say, is it the best one of the month? It's a great movie. It's a really, really good movie. Um, but yeah, I'm super stoked about this month. I hope some of the people out there will actually take the time and watch these movies because they're much easier to see now than they were when I watched them originally. Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta do some tape trading back in the day, brother. To see Hell yeah, like that's that's how I saw all these movies. Like I used to go to uh, conventions and a big part of my convention, convention budget was finding these uh, subtitled or dubbed sometimes um, Italian horror films. And uh, I had this one. I had all the Argento movies that I couldn't get on VHS. Um, I had them all on, like, you know, bootleg VHS. Um, and uh, most of them now are out on uh, uh, regular true Blu-ray release, and people can watch them. People can even yeah. stream them. You know, the fact that I would, you know, in, 19, in the 90s, I would never have thought I could go to my you know home tonight and just stream a, an uncut Dario Argento movie from the internet. Yeah. But, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty it wild is. to think about, you know, especially when these movies were coming out because I mean, unless you're like a hardcore horror movie fan, you know, yeah. a lot of the times you probably weren't seeing the uh, the Italian ones. Um you really have to you really have to go to Jay Allison's Rena Center. And really, <laughs> you'd really have to uh, uh, pay attention in that video store, brother, and figure out yeah, which one to, to pick out. Yeah, I mean, but then again, you know, this one did have a really cool cover. You oh, know? hell yeah. That 
that poster yeah. the, with the skull on it, that would get me in a, in a movie theater. Yeah. Like if I were in 1980, if I were walking down, like, you know, the if there was a multiplex, then if I was walking down the multiplex and I saw that poster, I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. Definitely, definitely. And this is one's pretty crazy. You know, we're going to get into it when we talk about the who booked this shit. But this is actually like a sequel in a way. And mm. it's going to be talking about the the Three Mothers storyline. So I yeah, would... It's a, it, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I would call it... It's a thematic sequel. or uh, So it's not like... Um, Story-wise, it's not really that much of a sequel, but it's more of a theme. Yes. There's three of them now. He finally got around to making the third one. And I think it's kind of funny. I, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about who booked this shit. But um, I think I think the story behind why this happened is kind of funny. But and I'll comment on it when we talk about it later. But, but yeah, I'm super stoked about this, man. Like uh, people, you know, this is Inferno. People should watch this movie. It's it's really it's it. I feel like it's truly a good film, and people should watch it. It's great. Yeah, it definitely shot very well. I mean, if you mm-hmm. like like old school like horror movies that are you know made in the the, you know, 50s and 60s, the way they were shot. I mean, yeah. this guy, he did... The lighting in it was great. The the way he would have people, you know, shot in different lighting, you know, was just it was just really good. It's very... Uh, yeah, so... It's very artsy. Yeah. I always like to say, like, right. the Italian films are very, very artsy. Yes, he's a very artsy filmmaker, but I'm, I'm, I love that you said that because, like, I feel... I think the same way about it, and it's cool that we're on the same wavelength. Because I was thinking, like, this movie could have been made in the fifties. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, the, like the even with the technology in it, probably this movie could have been made in the fifties. It was made a lot like a fifties movie. Yeah, um, the only, yeah. The only thing so, that uh, yeah. made it in the eighties, brother, was our boy Mark's uh, mustache. His mustache and his uh, magnum uh, magnum pi hair. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know it's the eighties, brother. So, <laughs> but we'll break it all down when we get to the full review. But like every single retro blood brother, we gotta create a weekend. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about the release date of what was happening in the metal and the pro wrestling around the release date, and this one's gonna be around uh, uh, February seventh, nineteen eighty, brother. So we're just begin. We are literally just beginning the eighties. Yeah, it's right over just here. Just started the eighties. Just started, brother. Now, this movie came out on the 7th. We really didn't find a whole lot of stuff that was going on right when this movie happened. But no. we did find uh, two uh, particularly pretty cool things that happened on the 15th. So that's the way we're going to roll with it, brother. But um, I say we talk a little bit about the pro wrestling first. So apparently there's right. this card in my old stopping grounds of Florida, brother. Yep. And this was uh, in Hollywood, Florida. So at the Sportatorium. It was, yes. So Hollywood mm-hmm. is near Miami, I guess. Fuck if I know. I've never been to Hollywood, Florida. No, actually it is because um, the Sportatorium, because um, that, that's a pretty famous venue for concerts. Oh, so okay, I think yeah. that's right outside Miami, the Hollywood Sportatorium. Yeah, I think that's right outside Miami. Yeah. Um, yes. It should have been, yeah. I mean, you know, and the Florida Territory. I mean, that was a hot territory. I mean, we talked about... A little about the territory before, but you know this is Eddie Graham's like freaking uh, you know hotspot. And this during the, this particular part of the eighties, I mean these guys were on fire. Like when it yes, comes to they Florida, they, I mean this guy was like a megastar. Like you know the you know recently, if you guys want to figure out a little bit more about the, the history of Florida, I mean I definitely recommend watching that Dark Side of the Ring on the Graham family. 
because that's a very interesting, you know, in light of what happened, obviously, to the Graham family over time. But it does show a light about how, mm. like, great and big this Florida territory was and how many great wrestlers came through this territory. And this is, like, one of their big exactly. cards. They're, uh, they're Star Wars, Star Wars cards. 80. Yeah. 80, brother. So, which, I mean, Yeah. It's pretty interesting how they, they they just you know they just call it Star Wars you know without getting uh, copyrighted or, or or cease and desist you know by Lucasfilm. Yeah, shit. I think it just goes to show how crazy popular Star Wars was, mm-hmm. in in the in in 1980 because um, the also the uh, WCCW also had shows called Star Wars. Yeah. And I think it's just so such a part of like culture at the time that, like, I mean, I mean, I I've, I remember being a little little kid and waiting on Empire Strikes Back to come out, which would be May of nineteen eighty. Um, but you know, obviously, I was too little to have like a any kind of idea of what was happening outside in the world. But like Star Wars must have been gigantic. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know. And it's just like I was saying before, it, you know. Obviously, it's big, and that's why they use the name. But it's 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 also surprising they can they can actually use the name and promote it. You know, without well, getting some yeah, sort of people, like, you know, letter. Yeah, people didn't sue as much then, and they didn't find out about stuff as as easy then. Because you know, like um, all those guys from Crockett would talk about how, like you know, when they would they would like when uh, Jimmy Garvin used ZZ Top Sharp Dressed Man. They never paid. They never got rights to any of that stuff or paid anybody. Yeah. They just played that shit, brother. Um, they don't give a fuck. They just played it, you know, and it's just, you know, I guess they never got sued, but, you know, it, but it was probably harder to find out stuff like that then. Yeah. Um, you know, if we, if we, if we called our show Star Wars, we would probably get a letter from Lucasfilm tomorrow. But exactly. now, but, you know, back then, back then, um, but I guess people, it, you know, it was just much harder to find out about stuff and probably nobody from Lucasfilm gave a shit about this, you know, wrestling territory in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it wasn't as widely spread, you know, usually, sure. you know, you know, this is during the, the part right here, everybody who's not like familiar with territory wrestling. So, you know, territory wrestling, you wouldn't see fucking Florida championship wrestling all the way in like, you know, Canada. Or anything like that, you know? Like, there probably would be some stations outside of Florida that would pick up Florida Championship Wrestling. But usually, it would be around that particular area. Or the surrounding yeah. area that would pick up it, pick up the station. You know, like I said, you know, sometimes you might be able to pick up Florida. And possibly in New York. You know, if you had, like, you know, maybe it's on, like, 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. You know, maybe. Yeah. But, but you know. Kind of like Ring of Honor used to be, sort of. Yeah. But like yeah. majority of the time, it had to be around the um, around the particular area that was picking up the whatever local stations you can pick up around that area. So that's why they can keep a little bit stuff more in house. So everything wasn't as widely spread, you know. You know, we all watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of like even today, like if you watch like just a, an indie promotion, you know, like House of Glory or something. You know, that's a New York based um, promotion, but I can go yeah. on there and stream it right now. You know, you couldn't right. do that back in the day. You know, it had to be it had to be on your your schedule list of whatever programs right. you got in your particular area. So exactly, and like, and it's also different now in the way that there's too much choice, and that's why nothing can be as big of a hit as as things were back then. Because like you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about that Saturday night's main event where 15 million people watched it, 
but you got to consider that there was like three TV channels. Yeah. You know, so if you were up and you were interested in wrestling, you were probably watching it because the other two channels probably had an old movie that you'd seen a hundred million times, yes. you know, on, on late night TV. So, you know, now there's like, I can't even get, I can't even finish a Netflix TV show because I have too much shit to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know what I mean, like I definitely oversaturated, yeah. oversaturated now. So yeah, exactly. But speaking of a good, uh, oversaturation, this card right here <laughs> is stacked brother. I mean, fuck. Yeah, this got, is a good show. You got a this lot is a good of show. Yeah, so there's a couple of beginning matches, but I'm going to skip a couple of them because I really want to talk about this one. So we have the fabulous Mula defeated mm -hmm. Wendy Richard. So that's a really yes, pretty. That's a. They, I know they always had a very very intense rival rivalry, and of course, there's been some crazy stuff, you know, about Mula over the years. So I just I just thought yeah. that one was kind of interesting. Um, the placement of how they would take that feud like you know all throughout the 80s and stuff so the, it is it is go ahead. It, as i say it is odd though this since you brought up the whole con uh, controversy with with moolah i mean i'm not saying this stuff's not true it probably is to an extent yeah but it is kind of weird that nobody brought that shit up until after she died mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean I all those well, supposedly all yeah. those people you know, all those people were like victimized for years and years and years, but none of them mentioned anything until after she died. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it just one of those things where you just, yeah. <laughs> it's just a tough one. <laughs> there's not like, much, yeah. There's, there's not much you could do. Right? I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of like when somebody does a complaint, it's really going to go nowhere because the person's not here. Right. Exactly. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it never got brought up when they were alive. Now it got brought up when they're dead. What are you going to do about it? I mean. Right. Yeah. So the next one is going to be Nikolai Volkov defeated Don Diamond. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, do you have any uh, great stories of your childhood of Don Diamond? Oh, man. It's been a while since you've thrown one of those on me. Uh, no, I don't know who Don Diamond is. That's our boy, Don <laughs> um, Diamond. Don Diamond, he's gonna be like, uh, let's see, we gotta, we gotta find some pictures of Don if he's Diamond. Related to, put him on the, uh, it's fucking uh, related to the. Let's see. Huh. Okay, this is kind of interesting. So it says, oh, Don Diamond. It says Don Allen Diamond. Hopefully, this is the right one. Was an American radio, film, and television actor who portrayed Crazy Cat. The sidekick of Hare, apparent to Chief Wild England or Eagle on the popular 1960s television sitcom F Troop. No, that's definitely not him. Yeah, I was like, why the fuck? So did if you go, if you go to, if you go to Don Diamond on Cage Match, Cage Match, gotcha. he literally, he literally has no, uh, no, no matches listed. Interesting. Oh wait, maybe hold on. Am I doing? Maybe I'm not doing this right. Well, he does have some matches listed. Um, career highlights. Let's see. Look, there's a bunch of Don Diamonds out there. That must be a popular actor's name. There's like four actors that have his fucking name. That sounds like a porn star's name. Oh, no. um, his career his career highlights page is blank on Cage Match. So basically, he uh, was just a, a jobber. Okay, gotcha. He, well, kind of. I mean, he did win... Um, 
And on June the 8th, 1981, he did win the Mid-South Mississippi Championship. Oh. So he was champion of Mississippi. He was the champion of the whole Mississippi? Of all of Mississippi, yeah. Shit, that's crazy. Um, yeah. All right, well, well, let's move on. He held that for seven for seven days. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, there you go. Okay. Got his, his glory for seven <laughs> days, brother. So basically, you're telling me the diamond right. ain't, it ain't doing it for me. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. So right. we got uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Yes, Max. We got Jack and Jerry Briscoe, which yeah, one of the famous tag teams of, of this era, time, yeah. of all time as well too. And Jimmy Garvin. They defeated Brian St. John and Stan Lane and Frank Monte. So you know, not yeah. probably a pretty good match. Very technical. Usually when you get Jack oh, yeah. and Jerry Briscoe in there, they're very technical style wrestlers. Yeah, and you got Stan Lane probably spitting tobacco juice all over himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beating people up, yeah. Tommy Rich defeated Bugs, Bugsby and McGraw by disqualification. Yep. Better we're getting our DQs out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next match we got is Super Destroyer Scott Irwin defeated Manny yep. Fernandez by DQ. So we got two DQs in a two row. Two DQs in a row. Got it, brother. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we're getting uh, getting exciting. Check out this match. I saw this was crazy. I can't even believe my eyes when I'm reading this shit. <laughs> to all our wrestling I was thinking it are. had to be a. Uh, I was thinking it had to be like a typo, but I mean, it, it probably is, is correct. Well, I knew the guy. Well, we'll just say so. All the wrestling fans out there, this match had Andre the Giant and Bill Watts. Mm. They defeated Ernie Ladd and Bad Leroy Brown. Now I knew Bill Ross yes. was a little bit of a wrestler. You know, he's m- mainly known as a promoter of Mid South. Um, and same thing right. with uh, yeah. Ernie Ladd. He was like his uh, sidekick Booker. But uh, that's a that's an interesting team. Andre the Giant and fucking Bill Watts, brother. <laughs> that's like one of those I mean, battle bowl people. You know, like you just put random yeah, people together. I, I can kind of, I can see how this might happen though in story form. Like I could see how. You know, maybe uh, Leroy, Leroy Brown and Ernie Ladd were like, you know, threatening to beat up Bill Watts. And then it was a situation where he's like, well, you meet us in Hollywood, Florida at Star Wars 80 and you you pick any any tag team partner you want. And we'll meet you there on the 15th of February. And then Bill Watts was like, no, I found a partner. Andre the Giant. And Ooh. then Andre comes out, and then they're, and the heels are all like, oh, God, God Andre, we're going to die. That well, you know that, uh, that. that Ernie Ladd guy, he wasn't he was no small chicken himself. You know, that guy was big. No, he's he right. Dude. Yeah. Big cat Ernie Ladd. He was, Actually, he was I bet, a good wrestler, I, I, too. I, I know. I bet that, man. I bet him and Andre, I bet that was pretty good. Two big yeah. guys going at it, slapping me. Oh, I guarantee I mean, it I, 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 I guarantee it I could see that one being very fun. I would love to see that it, live. Yeah, I wonder if this is... I'm sure this was filmed. I wonder who has the rights to this. I wonder if it's on the YouTubes. Yeah, it might be on the YouTubes. Yeah, we just have enough time to uh, to watch it and search it on there. But uh, yeah, this this seems like a pretty fun card so far. So now we have Mike Graham, the promoter's son. He defeated mm-hmm. Tetsuya Fu- Fujinami for the interna- yeah. International Junior Heavyweight title. Yes. It's a good old cruiserweight so- belt match. I haven't watched that Dark Side of the Ring episode yet, yeah. but is Eddie Graham still alive at this point? Yes. Um, okay. I believe... I, I don't remember which part of the 80s. He did die during the 80s, I believe. But I just don't remember when. Yeah. Or if he did die in the 80s. Let me see. 
I'm I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty I'm pretty sure it was the eighties, but it could have been the nineties because he did um he did run this territory for a long uh very long time. The mm-hmm. Florida territory. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, so he he died on January twenty first, nineteen eighty five. So yeah. So he was yeah. uh he was yeah, he was doing the Florida uh territory for for a while. Um, and then we're going to have our main event, brother, for the Star Wars 80s show. Dusty Rhodes, who at the time was Florida's biggest draw. Yes. All the Florida. This is where Dusty Rhodes pretty much became the American dream. Dusty Rhodes was in Florida. You know, he did, you know, at first he was a, uh, a tag team badass like dude with dick murdoch you know they're just two rugged big dudes and they're like you know that the, i'm gonna spit tobacco drink some beer and beat beat people up at the bar type of team and then later yeah. on you know everybody you start seeing more of the personality of dusty and how he was and then that's pretty much how he formed the american dream character was in florida and then he took that that american dream character and then he moved to the um jim crockett promotions but this is pretty much where he made yeah. his start and another thing too for our wrestling fans out there you know eddie graham was the pretty much the head or he got voted in as the head of the nwa all right so the nwa Mm -hmm. basically was a group of promoters that all got together and they picked somebody who would be the the head of it and what it was was all these all these promoters got together so they could figure out one world champion who would make the rounds to every promotion right so if you had a world champion in florida it'd be the same world champion in minnesota you know and they would work yes, together it, yeah and it also kept them originally it also kept them from uh fighting over territory yes like yeah. They, they, yeah they originally carved out the whole country for different promoters and so this is where you work and this is where you work and yeah and you know which is why when vince mcmahon jr started going all the way across the country it was it kind of made an upheaval yeah it kind of turned the wrestling world upside down because you weren't supposed to do that yeah you weren't supposed to do that brother fucking went up there death threats and everything crazy shit yeah so our boy dusty Rhodes, he defeat and tell me how this can happen to everybody i was gonna ask you how this happened okay (laughs) he he defeated NWA World Heavyweight Champion at the time, Harley Race, which, mm-hmm. I mean, how could you get a, a great, this is a great match already. But they fought in a steel cage. All right, everybody. So you're thinking, okay, we got a steel cage. We got these two badass people. They're fighting. There's definitely blood. That's for sure. You know, oh, the yeah. Crowd's going crazy. Bionic elbow. You know, Harley with the big knee. And somehow, Dusty Rhodes... Like, or Harley Race got like DQ'd in a, in a steel yeah. cage match. Yeah. So how do you get dis- disqualified in a steel cage match? Because the only way to win or lose a steel cage match is by pinfall, disqualification, or escaping the cage. Now the only thing I could think about, because we didn't yeah. watch this show, unfortunately, is there had to be somebody that interfered. That's the only but way even I can that's see. That's not against the rule, is it? maybe at the Florida it is. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he brought a spike in there, brother. It's like, oh, yeah, you can use the cage, but you can't use a foreign object. Because I, I don't know that even back then, I don't think even escaping the cage was 
was uh now a way to win it. I think you had to win by disqualify had to win by the uh pinfall or submission. DQ. Pinfall or submission, yeah. Yeah, because I think the only uh, uh escaping the cage that actually came from the WWF. Yeah, yeah. Like during like the uh, the Hulk era, like you can escape the cage and shit. But I think everybody, everybody else kind of used like you had to win by pinfall or submission. Yeah, because the cage was to keep other people out, right? Yeah. Originally, like the whole idea was that it wasn't really a weapon. It was yeah. So these two guys can get in a cage, and then like there's the heel stable can't interfere essentially. Yeah. Maybe he uh, never maybe worked. whipped whipped too much ass. Yeah, how he got yeah. disqualified. Maybe, maybe. So, but yeah, I mean, what a what a fun show though. I mean, that Florida territory was hot, brother. You know, we'd be out there in Florida. We'd be we 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 would already found our copy of Inferno. Yeah, we we we'd already been watching it. We'd be like, you know, those Italian man, they're pretty crazy. And then like, let's go to the show, and uh, boy, it's a hot ticket to get on there. So. Very fun one, everybody. But, Allison, while we're driving to the Sportatorium and after we done watched Inferno, what are we listening to on the metal music? So, as we mentioned before, um, there there isn't a ton of stuff going on around this time. Uh, but I wanted to bring this up because it did come out the same day as a wrestling show, which is about 10 days after this movie was officially released. Um and it's a pretty historic thing and um and it has to do with iron maiden too of course but um on february 15th 1980 was the release um of an english metal compilation called metal for mothers and it was basically like a compilation of a bunch of different bands um that came out during the new wave of british heavy metal which was like um, how would I describe it? It's like a the new wave of British heavy metal was like a resurgence in heavy metal after punk rock basically killed everything. Um, because a lot of those bands were being told that well, if you want to if you want to get a record deal or if you want to get shows, then you have to play punk rock because it was so big at, for you know a couple of years that um you know bands metal bands that play guitar solos were like the most uncool thing in the world. Um, and then Iron Maiden came, kind of came out of that and kind of like, they were the first really big band to come out of that and they kind of changed everything. Um, but Motorhead is sort of a new way for British heavy metal band in a way. Um, although they kind of are before that also. Uh, Def Leppard is kind of a new way for British heavy metal band. Like before they, you know, before Hysteria and all that, they were kind of a harder edged band. Saxon, Diamond Head, Venom, Raven. Um, are all bands. Um, Metallica was really influenced by the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, but this compilation has some really good bands on it, other than Iron Maiden. It also has um, this band called Prey and Manus that's really good. Um, this compilation also is really hard to hear right now. You can only, I've only been able to find it on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I was able to listen to some of the songs on like Spotify, but this compilation is not on Spotify. Um, Samson is on here, which is kind of, um, big in Iron Maiden lore because that was the band that Bruce Dickinson was in before he was in Iron Maiden. Although he doesn't sing on this song, um, the song that's on here, he wasn't, he was in, technically in the band, but this, their first album was recorded before he sang anything. Um, it also has Angel Witch on it. Um, and most of these other bands I've never heard of, like Ethel the Frog, I'm not familiar with. 
Um, but it does have Sanctuary, which was like the first, um, ma- probably the first Iron Maiden single, um, which is not on their album. And it also has a different version of Wrathchild. So Wrathchild is like a really famous Iron Maiden tune. If you're not a Maiden fan, like mo- like it's like it's like a hit, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it has this really really distinctive bass intro. So every time they play it live, like it's usually song number two or three. And every time they play it live, it just goes into this like really cool bass intro, and then the crowd goes nuts. But the version that is on Metal from Others doesn't have that. And did you get a chance to listen to both of those? So, um, I didn't get to listen to both of them, uh, but I did listen okay. to the first one. The uh, okay, the yeah, the one that you sent me the uh, the 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 version of uh, uh, Wrathchild. I listened to that one. Yeah, Wrathchild. Yeah, the one that starts. So it just starts with the drums, and then it goes right into the guitars and the yes. vocals. Because, like, yeah. So the the this album version kind of starts that way, except the the drums just kind of count off and go into the beat, and then the bass is Steve Steve Harris is playing the bass by himself, and it's just like that. It's just got this really cool bass line, and then it starts in with that guitar solo at the beginning, and then Paul starts singing. Um, so it's completely different. It's a completely different version, which I mean, it's kind of interesting, but the album version is much, much better. Nice. Um, that praying Manus band is really cool. Um, and I was also confused because there's a band on it called Toad the Wet Sprocket, yeah. which I know that name is like this shitty, like pop band from like the nineties. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what are the odds that there's two bands called Toad the Wet Sprocket, but apparently it's based on a Monty Python skit or something. Oh, okay. So you just got the gimmick. So that explains the gimmick, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that because you know it's not something that we'll probably ever get a chance to talk about again, and it is pretty historic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, eventually we're going to talk about the entire history of Iron Maiden on the show, and like when we when we're at the end of the show, we're all we're both old men, and we finally done a show on every 1980s horror movie yeah we should do like a we should do like a a, a playlist yeah it's in Iron chronological Man, yeah. order of the iron maiden <laughs> history and you can just listen to There's the metal parts and yeah. yeah with me talking about the history of iron maiden so yeah, yeah that's kind of yeah, so that'll be i awesome. mean usually when we talk about iron maiden when it comes to our metal fans it is our most popular segment which is nice um, that is nice yeah but you great. know but you know i also want to say too you know you know those uh, those those uh, albums that you're talking about that have different bands on them. You know that yes. that is a very good like tool that I think it doesn't really get used as much nowadays. Um, no, when you, you have those, those can't kind, do that now. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to do it now because everybody just gets loaded loaded up to Spotify or your your little streaming music. But I found you know I found a lot of bands. Um, you know, especially like some Metal Blade. Uh, bands as well like off those those cds yes. that just have you know songs on them and you, you like them and stuff and that's how you you you, you uh you follow them from there so that's a right you know, I, I think that that's a really good tool to have and sometimes like you're saying a lot of times on those on those um those little complimentary albums they'll they'll have a track mm-hmm. that's not exactly like the one you're going to hear on the album it's kind of like a rough cut version yeah or maybe it's an unreleased version or maybe it's like an unreleased song which which is really cool. Like um, I'm pretty sure like, you mentioned the Metal Blade ones. I'm pretty sure that Brian Brian Slagle from Metal Blade got the idea for Metal Massacre, the Metal Massacre comps from Metal from Others. So because he yeah. put out, you know, he put out the very first nationwide release of Metallica on a on a Metal Massacre 
release from Metal Blade, which is just, that's kind of crazy to think that you would discover a band that big, right? Yeah. Like you'd be like, oh, let's put this Metallica band out on our compilation. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean you know, everybody has to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, know, you never nobody, know. Nobody was always famous. You know, yeah, exactly. You, just, you never know who you're going to, you know, catch fire with, you know. So, right, exactly. But yeah, that's so pretty cool. I always love those. I mean, definitely, we would definitely would have picked that up in the 80s, brother. I would have popped that shit in there. Let's get some new stuff. We would have heard that song and, like, we'd have been blown away. So, oh, yeah, the cover alone would have made me buy it with the guy, the knight on the horse with the big sword and everything. That, that yeah. would be okay. Let's buy this. Definitely, definitely look it up. Like I said, like, yeah, you can only find that shit on YouTube, but hey, you know, check it on, everybody. Definitely a fun, uh, fun little uh, tunes over there. But I say, speaking of fun tunes, let's get into some of the Who Booked This Shit, brother. Yeah, Who Booked This Shit. And of course, it's going to be our boy, Dario Argento, which we have talked to him, talked about him many times on this podcast. But, you know, if you. Are I think so? To me, Argento is a director or filmmaker who, if somebody has never heard about like Italian horror films before, or you know wants to see something different than a bunch of like teenagers getting slashed up in the park, you know, yeah, he is the number one person to go to show people. I mean, he has to be. I mean, yes, we had the um, uh, Brava. He's he's great as well too. But I'd say Argento, he just has a style to him that's very classic. You know, very, very classic, very, very artsy and everything. Yes, I, I would agree. Yeah, Bava, uh, you know, Mario Bava was famous in the 60s for sure. I mean, he definitely had movies that were international hits. Um, and he, he may have been actually even maybe more famous in 1980. Yeah than argento but argento was like starting to come into his own because he had just made suspiria which you know he was it was like one of those things where it was a hit trying to it was a hit yeah it was a huge hit but i was trying to think of a modern day equivalent but it was like um you know he was considered a visionary you know he was like oh suspiria that's the greatest thing i've ever seen like this is the this is the most amazing horror movie ever made yeah um which i mean the movie is good but it's not i mean i think inferno is a better movie than suspiria honestly um but suspiria looks so good like the way it's directed um suspiria is from 1977 so i don't know if we'll ever get a chance to do that well we might do it on a lights out one day brother maybe maybe this month if we get some uh maybe if we get some of that retro time back all right we can get that retro time it would be fun though because i i have i've seen bits and pieces from suspiria um Mm -hmm. and actually the remake of suspiria is uh (laughs) actually i fell asleep during that one um that that was one of the 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 best that's one of her favorite movies is that remake of Suspiria. She just liked how wild it was. But all I remember is waking up and seeing a bunch of people dance and shit. They're like face melting yes. off or something like that. It was pretty crazy. That, that was like the worst time to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> movie, probably. I mean, I, I don't hate the remake. I like it. It's just one of those things where it's just not necessary. Are, you know what I mean? Like now you like see the first one. The, so yeah. maybe we could talk about a long form later on, but I'm guessing like sure. the, it's, is it different or the, is it like a direct like copy? It's similar. Okay. But yeah, like I like it's a it's definitely similar. Like it's a similar story. Yeah. But we'll definitely talk about it in long form one day because you know this movie is part of a a a what did you call it? not a, not a trilogy but like you know they're they're linked. Well, they're it linked is a, together. It is a 
yeah, it is a trilogy, but it's not a sequel. Yes. Like it's it's a thematic thematic sequel. So gotcha. the theme it has a overarching theme, but the story doesn't really have anything to do yes. with the other movie. So um but yeah, but it's kind of funny, I feel like how this ended up happening. Um how why why there ended up being a trilogy to start with. Oh, yeah? Cuz originally there was no trilogy. Um, there was just he was just making Suspiria, yeah, and then you know he had that kind of lore of the three mothers, and then we visited one of the mothers in Suspiria, and then Suspiria was such a huge hit that they're like, we're gonna make two more of these, and then Inferno came out, and it wasn't nearly as big of a hit, and then he never made the other one until like 2009 or something like that, yeah, until he you know until he was getting like into 70s, and he's like, okay, maybe I'd better make this you know, other movie in case something happens. Yeah, that one he made, it was in 2007 and it was The Mother of Tears. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm sure you could guess that it's the weakest of the three. <laughs> Most, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. not terrible, but, you know, you could tell he was like making it out of obligation. Gotcha. Um, so, a couple other things is, so, you know, like we were saying before, the Suspiria was basically a it was under the u.s has a international classics so that means yeah. like you know it's a pretty much a big movie that happened overseas you know that came over here and did big business yeah so and then obviously like we were saying before you know they they came up with the idea of the three mothers and then you know after since the movie did so well my might, might as well make it a, a trilogy of sorts yeah you know, kind of was, i would call it yeah i would say i would call it kind of like so what would have occasionally happened back then was that sometimes a movie from overseas would just get so much hype that the RC film crowd would go see it. Um, and Suspiria became one of those movies, which is weird to think that this Italian horror film is, you know, a movie that like the art crowd is going to see, even though, I mean, it's art. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is absolutely art. But like you know, the people who would never set foot in a you know a theater to see Last House on the Left or you know the Changeling or the Exorcist or movies like that, one be the Exorcist, but um, you know, are going to see this movie Suspiria, and um, I guess an equivalent to that today would be something like The Witch, maybe, or Lighthouse or something like that that kind of crosses over into the mainstream somehow to the artsy crowd sort of. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, continue with the story. So it was a huge hit. So apparently this story was, it was, it was under a different poet, a poet type of dude. And we actually have a book. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Not only the Three Mothers book, but we got this book out here. It's made by, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Thomas D. Quincy's? Sure. And it was a Suspiria Day Profundus, a sequel to his Confessions of an English Opium Eater. Yeah. So it's kind of like prose poems. So it's not like a story, really. Um, But like some of it, I've read part of that book. And like it's it's like the idea of the of the, you know, mother of size and all that's kind of in it. But it's, you know. Um, but it, but it's, it's very, it's not, it's not based on that other than the ideas behind the mother of size and a mother of tears and all that kind of thing that's in it. Yeah. So apparently they, the, one of his, uh, prose poems, it was entitled, uh, 
Lebanon and Our Ladies of Sorrow. And it details just has three there just it details just has there are three fates and three graces. There are also three sorrows. And then it goes mm-hmm. into like what we heard the Lady of Tears, the Lady of Sight, and the Lady of Darkness. It is an Italian, but you don't want this uh this uh uh, uh guy to be uh explaining stuff in Italian or, or Latin. It won't go well. <laughs> no, it does not go well. <laughs> so as the title suggests, the spirit focuses on master of the uh the is pretty much the lady of uh, sight is that one that, that's the that's the one that we're focusing on in Suspiria and of course you know the one that happened in 2007 was the lady of tears and then this story is going to focus on the lady of darkness brother yeah yeah with her with her burning flames and her turning into a skeleton like structure oh don't 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 spoil it for the people well i didn't tell her who it was oh good point good point so, so a couple of things uh, about the production stuff on here. So when Argento proposed Inferno has this follow-up to Suspiria, 20th Century Fox agreed to co-finance the production. The film was budgeted at $3 million. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a, a good amount of money. That's then. a good amount of money, brother. He's like, oh, fuck yeah. You got me $3 million? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get every fucking red light known to man. <laughs> Uh, that's all I'm gonna they do. They were brother. all red. Some of them were blue and some of them were green. Bro, he had there was red lights everywhere. And he's like, Oh, you can he give me that? Have a lot of red he's lights. like, Oh, you can give me some money? That's right, I'm gonna throw some cats on some bitch too. Fuck you guys. It was dark. That cat shit was crazy. Uh, this Dario guy, he's crazy, bro. He don't give a fuck. He's like, Oh yeah, you're gonna throw you in the I bet there was real cats too, just throwing it on the girl. Yeah, they they absolutely were. They were absolutely throwing real cats yeah. at that lady. Um but um but the but yeah, like the last Argento movie, Phenomena, we had a monkey in the movie for no reason. And yeah, now exactly. we have cats in the movie cats, for no brother, reason. Just throw them in there. <laughs> All right. Bro, I can't wait to talk about some of these scenes. They're great. <laughs> so, and then, of course, they were the producer. We had the, uh, 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 was it Claudio Argento was in there, too. Yeah. Was it his wife or daughter? Well, who was it? Um, No, I believe Claudio is his brother. Brother, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. I didn't know his brother helped out too. That's cool. This is a whole family production. And uh, so, let's see. So, Nikolai devised the original story concept but received no on screen credit for her work on the screenplay. Nikolai. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. So, remember we talked about that. We, we talked about Daria Nicolodi last time. After, yeah. after making Phenomena, she pretty much broke up with Argento. Yeah. And um, so the, I would, I'm guessing that that was just a culmination of years of disrespect because cause she pretty clearly, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know her, but I mean, for everybody, everybody agrees with her that she wrote this entire movie, at, at least the whole story. And then Dar- Argento wrote the screenplay part of it. Um, but she, he didn't give her any credit at all um for it yeah but but yeah but like, she nope. but she says she wrote the entire story for it and she's probably right yeah she was saying and she, she, she's in it too she stars yeah. in it as well yeah she was saying i haven't fought so hard to see my humble but excellent work in suspiria recognized up until a few mm-hmm. days before the premiere i didn't know if i would see my name in the film credits I didn't want to live through that again so i said do as you please in any case the story will talk for me because I wrote it working with the uh, working for um, what's her name 
Dario Nicolodi. Yeah, Nicolodi. Original story notes. Mm. Argento wrote the screenplay while staying in a New York hotel room with a view of Central Park. Yeah, which I guess is why it takes place yep, in New York. right off Central Park. Mm. So a couple of the filming stuff. So the filming of Inter- in- Inferno took place mainly on interior studio sets in Rome. But a short yeah. amount of the time was also set aside for location shooting in New York, including Central Park. That's where our boy uh, 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 Kaz was at with his hot dog dude. Mm-hmm. Don't don't spoil what happens there. That's going to be oh, shocking. No. Yeah, it's shocking stuff, yes. And uh, let's see. So the, let's see. So a couple of things about, you know, the shooting t- stuff too. Um, let's see. Let's see. During the film's production, Argento became stricken with a severe case of hepatitis. Yeah. And had to direct some sequences while laying on his back. So at, at one point, the illness became so painful that he was bedridden for a few days. Filming was then restricted to a second unit work, some of which was done by our boy Bravia. He yeah, was Mario bro- Bava. Mario Bava, bro. So... So that's kind of interesting because if you, I don't know if you watched the credits for this, yeah. But his Mario's son Lamberto Bava, the guy that directed Demons, yeah. Demons One and Two, which are in the Retro Blood archives, if anybody wants to go back and hear those, um, was he was listed as assistant director. So I wonder if this is a misprint and this what we're reading here meant to say Lamberto. But I mean, who knows? Mario was apparently there because he worked on special effects as well. Yeah, maybe he did a little bit of both. Oh yeah, maybe he did both. Yeah. Argento has called Inferno one of his least favorite of all his films. Interesting. Yeah. All I wonder why he says that. Well, it's probably because of that shit he came down with. Oh, well, maybe. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. you know, if he was bedridden with hepatitis, like, because, you know, that happens sometimes. Like, you know, you attack, if you get really sick. Yeah. You, I don't know if you do, but it's happened to me on a couple things. Like, if you get really sick when you experience something, anytime you experience that thing again, um, you, uh, uh, you, you kind of bring back the way you felt. So yeah. maybe that's why. Yeah, because he basically was saying it's, it's all tainted by his reflection of the painful illness he suffered. All right, okay. So design effects, like you were saying, Argento invited his mentor, Mario Baba, to provide some of the optical effects and uh, the, <clears throat> the the tricks of, shooting, of, of filming too. Yeah. So obviously he took a lot from our from our boy Baba. Over there. Yeah, apparently, apparently, like a lot of the city scenes were actually cardboard milk cartons. Oh, that's cool. And Mario, Mario had photographs, like photographs of like buildings, and he would put them on the outside of milk cartons. And a lot of what we're what, what we're seeing in the movie is actually just milk cartons with pictures on the outside. Yeah, and apparently, so so. Um, Dario, he wanted to change up the music a little bit too. So instead of doing Goblin, who did uh, Suspiria, mm. he got a uh, progressive rocker Keith Emerson to do the, yes. fu- the soundtrack. Yeah, this soundtrack is not nearly as good. I um, thought it was okay. I, it's okay. Like I listened to it on its own. So you can listen to the Suspiria soundtrack on its own and it's good music. Um, I listen to the Emerson soundtrack and like, I like that song. The one that sounds like goblin at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but most of it is just like really slow melodic piano pieces that he wrote for the, for yeah. the movie. But I mean, it's not bad. It's just not as good as goblin would have, would have done, I think. Yes. And then like you were saying to, 
uh, uh, Lamberto Baba was the film's assistant director as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime you get all three of them together, I mean, boy, they, you know. I mean, we talked about it before, that Demons movie. <sighs> Brother, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, but this one was good, though. This one definitely, I, I don't think this one gets as much love as it should. Because it really I, I is agree. shot really well. I mean, the the visual of this movie is really well, and the story is actually not too bad. It, it is, it does mix a little bit of horror movie, but it miss it also mix a lot of suspense to it too, like a little mystery. Like we got to solve like this mystery throughout the whole movie. Of yeah, like, which is what Argento is famous for. Yeah, for that's the whole Yalo thing, right? It's all the the murder mystery, but like he's really good at suspense. Um. I mean, he he's he's really good at suspense, and he's really good at that whole mystery thing. Yeah. Because um, this is unrelated, and probably movie we'll never do. But like his his 1990s movie called Trauma had this scene that really like the first time I saw it had me on the edge of my seat because there's like there's like this uh, saw weapon in it that the killer's killing people with, and it's like this loop. Um, it's like a saw, like a chainsaw, but it's like a loop. Um, and it goes into this like handheld thing that you turn it on with, and there's like this little kid that finds it and puts like the saw loop around her neck and then she's just like playing with the like the part and if she hits the trigger it cuts her head off and you're just like it goes on forever of course she's just sitting there looking at it and like am i gonna watch this little kid get her head cut off or not like he's really good at suspense and there's a lot of that in this movie yeah so i say let's get into it brother because let's get into the full review of the inferno I do not know what price I shall have to pay for breaking what we alchemists call Silentium. The life experiences of our colleagues should warn us not to upset laymen by imposing our knowledge upon them. The book! mysterious parts in that book but the only true mystery is that our very lives are governed by dead people in the beginning there were three mothers the same as there were three fates and three furies. Man has always mistakenly called them by one terrifying name. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to be left alone. My sister. Where is my sister? Oh, 
watched. And at times, I think I actually feel a presence, as if someone were in the room with me. Who lives in this damned house? Someone who is waiting. But who? You are being watched. Okay, so we start off the movie with a character, a woman character, who we're going to soon to realize his name is Rose. And she has this book that the the antique guy (laughs) sold to her in her luxury hotel apartment. And this this book is about the, the three mothers. Which, I don't know if this is like a dubbing thing throughout the whole movie or not, but they went back and forth saying, oh, this is the three sisters. Oh, this is the three mothers. So it's like, well, which fucking one is it? So basically the three yeah. mothers. Yeah, it is really weird that they did that because like even in like the thing that we were just reading in the, in the Who Booked This Shit segment, it says like the Lady of Tears, which I'm pretty sure Mother is mother. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe I am wrong about that, but... Um, but yeah, and they call them like the the three mothers sometimes too. So yeah, um, but maybe all those things are right. Maybe they are all sisters and all mothers. And well, I think I think they're right. I think they're 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 mothers to the world, but they're all grouped as a sisters. They're all like related to each other. I guess that's what sure. it's supposed to mean. Uh, so they so basically this this is like a this is like a it's a book, but it's a diary of a true story that this guy is trying to um, tell us. Um, the uh, uh, did you catch his name? The book writer of the uh, the book writer, the author. Yeah. No, uh, no, off the top of my head, I do not know. Yeah, it's like uh, man. He said his he has some sort of Italian name. I had no idea which it was. <laughs> um, it is um, Varelli. Varelli. Okay. So, yeah, so the is... book was called The Three Mothers, and it was written by an alchemist named Varelli. Yes. And he he describes that the 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 they're you know they're real, and he mm-hmm. basically described that he built them a house. Okay, and he then he goes on to talk about the three mothers, which you know they're in Latin, but then they explain them in English too. We had the we had the mother of uh, of tears, the mother mm-hmm. mother of sorrow, and the mother of darkness. And then he and then he says, okay, here's where they all live. Okay. So, right. Well, he built each of them a house. Yeah. Okay. So there's three houses, the yeah. three sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So he beat each of them a house, and of course, the one of darkness is going to be in New York. It's going to be the one we're going to be talking about, and then we and have it's somehow an apartment building, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the you know just because he built her a house, but you got to get that money coming in somehow. All right. Well, rent. that's a good point. You can just rent out the building. Right? Rent out the rooms, the apartments. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Good point. And I'm guessing so the mother of tears she lives in Rome. Yes. Okay. So I guess that's where that take place takes place. Yeah, we wouldn't find out about her until 2007. Yes. <laughs> little, little. So 40, 47 years later, <laughs> yeah, or whatever that yeah. would be. <laughs> All right, we got you know. Hey, she lives long. Okay. <laughs> and then our girl from Suspiria, they live in was it Fringberg? Uh, 
Freiburg, yeah, Freiburg, in Germany. Yeah. Germany, brother. So there, he's going on about this, and the girl's like, she's looking all kind of like worried. Then they say something about you can find these keys at certain places. And one of the big mystery of the keys is it's it's hidden under your shoe. Yeah. Okay. And then she then she like randomly writes a like a note to her. I thought she was writing to her stepdad, but I guess she was writing to Mark, like a her note, brother, yeah. her brother, yeah. And then uh, this is actually a funny scene. So she, <laughs> I, and on the retro blood, it's funny, and I'll explain why it's funny because <laughs> this is basically a conversation that me and Allison would probably would have. So yes. Rose goes back to the uh, or goes to the antique store that she picked up her mm. her book from book for her book. Okay, and the guy's like name what was it Kazarian? Kazarian? Kazarian's antiques it- or something. Can, can, yeah, something like that. It starts with a K. I can look yeah. it up. Anyway. And she goes in there and is like, hey, I read this book. All right? And I think this shit's real. And the guy's like, this shit ain't real. Okay? <laughs> and well, she's like, well, in the book, it says... <laughs> she was like, in the book, it says there's some weird shit smell around here. And this guy's like, it's, that's, no, it's, it's the cake factory across the street. It's there ain't the no cakes. fucking... All right, it's ain't the book. Well, she said, well, in the book, okay, it said. There's You're a- right. That is a that is a very retro blood thing for me to talk yes. about. Like, well, it's not yeah. just this. This happens to me all the time because, like, when I won't like a movie version yes. that that used to be a book, they'll ask me why I didn't like it. I'm like, well, it's not like the book, and they're like, oh, you're all you're one of those people. But I was when and I was watching the scene for the first time, I was like, okay, so 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 Allison is the Rose character, and I'm like this old, yeah. I'm like this old uh, uh, antique shop owner saying you're can, crazy. Can, uh, fuck the book. Kanzaki is that his name? Yeah, can, can, I'm like, uh, I'm just gonna call him Kaz. Right. Kazanian, that's his name. Yeah, Kazanian. Kazanian, yeah. Mr. Kazanian, yes. So he's going, then she's like, okay, well, what about these uh, clues and stuff? He's like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. All that shit's fiction. <laughs> he's just blowing her off the whole time. She's like, what? And then, like, the last part, it was pretty funny before he, like, shut the door on her. She's like, well, if you read the book, he's like, fuck the book. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that he said, so she, part of it is the smell yeah. that clues her in. But he says it's the cake factory. So yeah. like, and th- that keeps coming up too throughout the whole movie, where they're like, "It smells like a cake." Like, I mean, because I thought that it was it smelled bad. Yeah. But is it supposed to smell good? Is it smells like cake? Like I have the no evil idea. Maybe they bur- like cake. Yeah. This is so weird. Do they burn the? Do they, do they burn cake or something? Is that what we're smelling? I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I just think that. I mean, it's there's many many choices that were made in this movie that I can't figure out why they were made. Yes. But like, you know, you could have been like, oh, it's like the tire factory. That's why it smells bad. Or, you know, no, it's just the sewer. It's the sewer, the sewer that you I smell. Know. It's the fucking cake. No, it's a uh-huh. cake factory. It's been there as long as I've been here. Yeah. He says. Yeah. So she's walking outside and then she keeps hearing stuff, I guess, in her memory about where the keys are at. So there's one key supposed to be in her, sh- her, her sh- shoe sole. And there's one key in, in the uh, basement. Uh, yeah. And then she goes down into the basement, and our boy Cat is looking at her like, she's going down to the tip basement. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he's a, this guy was a weird character. We'll get into him, but he was a weird, well, strange one. Yeah. Nearly everyone in this movie is weird except for maybe Mark. That's true. So she goes down to the basement, and she's just like, apparently this basement just has like a random... A hole 
with it's it's filled up with water and there's a bunch <laughs> of like furniture shit down there. Like this okay, so no, it's more than that. So so she so she's um she she has that little keychain thing, right? And yeah. then she drops it. Yeah. And then it goes into the hole with water in it. Yeah. And then she like reaches her hand down in it to try and get it. And like she can almost get it and it's like caught on something. And then it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yeah. And then she like climbs into the hole and then like it's like a whole ballroom full of water. Yeah. And she drops her keys, of course. Like, yeah, of course she drops the keys all the way to the bottom. But wh- why? Like where? You would think this would be like you know bad for the building or something, right? It would. Well, which is you know, weird the, because this whole like submerged room. Yeah, and like th- th- this really, I, I, this this really didn't like you know this part like this is only like here like this doesn't even get like brought up later. <laughs> it's just like okay, no, we, we never go to the underwater room again. Yeah, ne- we never see the underwater room again in the entire movie. Yeah. Like, why is why? Why does why is this in the movie? Well, I had two I had two ideas. Cool. Yes. I had two the, the two the two conclusions I came to was it looks cool. Well, actually I have three, sorry. It looks cool. Okay. We have to see this girl's tits and there's some dead bodies oh, down yeah. there. That's true. So uh, you know, Argento does especially eighties Argento does always find an excuse to be able to, to see like a girl's boobs. Yes. Or like at least see through her shirt. So you know she 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 wears the white shirt and she's un, completely underwater and then you can see through the shirt when she comes back out, but it looks amazing. Like and and apparently they didn't use any optical effects when they made that. Like they just filled a room full like a tank full of water and put like furniture in it and then she's like swimming in this tank. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it's it, I mean it, it's really cool. I thought it was weird that she held her breath for so long though. Well, you know, you know what I mean. She's like a, she's, she's, like great, she's just holding her. <laughs> she could just dive really well. So. That's her. That's her. I guess she's. A, I guess she's like an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. But she's like just holding her breath and like looking around. Like, why is this? Like, I mean, I know it's weird that there's a room full of water, but it, you would think she would just get the keys and get the fuck out of there. But you know, now, well, whatever. Once you saw them dead bodies floating around, she got out of there pretty quickly. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. She did get out. She saw the dead. Yeah, body. So she so, got up, and so then, a dead body floats by, and then yeah. she gets out of the water. And then she's in the uh, the the lobby, and you can hear our boy mm-hmm. uh, Kaz in the background said, "Yeah, she's like sneak, snooking around over here," and so she uh, <laughs> she escapes. So this is another weird scene. So we're in. A, <laughs> You're gonna say this a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of random scenes in here, and I want to explain. I don't even know what was going on with this one character, and I need you to explain it to me, Allison. I, will, right. I won't okay. be able to, but I'll. I'll and see if we have about. any diehard Inferno lovers, I want you to explain to me this character coming up as well, too, because I did not get this one. So there. So so our boy Mark, he is a, uh, a music. <laughs> He's a he's a guy who studies music, and I love when they yeah. he talks yeah. about it later on. That's like a pretty funny scene. <laughs> okay, so he, he he's a guy who studies music, and they're they're I guess they're doing some sort of like music test, and he has a girl, which I'm not I I don't know if it was his girlfriend or his friend Sarah. She was there too. And yeah, I mean, doing, I assume that it was his girlfriend or yeah. a really really good friend. Yeah, it's it, it's it's one of the two. I don't know if it was. I mean. Well, we'll get to that. So basically, they're in the music hall, and they're listening to some sort of like you know opera music, probably some famous you know opera singer and shit, or Italian or yeah. classical music singer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so on fucking, headphones. Yeah, on he- huge on his headphones, brother. I loved it. Yeah. So he's like, 
he's like looking at a paper, right? And then he like stares at this note from Rose. You know, he's about to open it and everything, but then like he like looks over and there's like this girl like petting a is petting her cat. <laughs> Just staring at him. And in my notes I was like, okay, there's a girl over there petting her pussy. Of course, that would be your notes for this, but yeah. but yeah. So there's like this girl that's just like staring at him, and yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. It starts to, yeah. and then like he looks over like again, he starts staring at his ass, and like my boy, like our boy Mark, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, is like, the girl want to fuck me or something? Like, what's going on over here? You know what I mean? It's like is this, is fucking classical music getting her all good, good and going or what? And he was just like staring at him the whole time, petting her little pussy. Mm. and then like the windows blow open there's a bunch of wind everywhere and she's like now she's like hardcore down on his ass and he's like what the hell's going on here and then like i guess the class ends and then she's like automatically up in the front like he doesn't see her again and she's like all the way out the front and she just leaves yeah and she is in the movie one more time yes but there's no real explanation of who she is or why who was the pussy cat, uh, cat lover I have no idea. So the, I, the reason that that scene is in the movie is because she's a pretty Italian girl and Argento loves pretty Italian girls. Yes. And he loves to have wind like, in her hair too. Yeah. He loves wind. I mean, we learned that from the last movie, but Argento loves pretty girls. I mean, the and only thing I can think it, of, it's obvious from his movie. The only thing I could think of is maybe it's the, uh, the mother of, uh, what is it? Uh, darkness. They they also call her the yeah. mother of shadows too. Don't t- don't tell me they didn't because I heard that. No, shit they did. There. Yeah, you're right. So maybe she could do like different forms or something. That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe she's like. Um, I mean, it could be okay. So she does have a plot point, right? So she cr- she keeps Mark from reading the letter from his sister. Yeah. So maybe it's the witch sending someone, not someone, but like. Like manifesting, uh, you know, uh, something for him to look at to distract him, and that's why Sarah ends up with the letter from his sister, and it keeps him from reading it. At yeah, first. because she grabs the letter, and then we see her like very intensely in the the, the taxi cab that's raining. And I like the way they did it. Yeah, like they how they shot this taxi yeah. scene. You mean with not a moving car, and yeah. they're standing under like a sprinkler. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, you gonna give me three million dollars? You think I'm gonna get a real fucking taxi? No, brother. All right, <laughs> nope. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some sprinklers. I'm gonna get some lights. All right, I'm gonna spend that fucking. Uh, I'm gonna spend half that million on what I want. All right. Yeah, exactly. That that scene probably cost uh-huh. about thirty five dollars to make. Like they, they might not even have been lights. in a real taxi. It could have been in any car. Like yeah. they could have literally just had any car. Well, I mean, she like wasn't guy that worked. <laughs> she wasn't a taxi, but it was only for like two seconds. The other shit was just oh, like true. It was true. probably like a boxer just shaking around a little bit <laughs> with some water going through it with some lights. It looked it looked very well though. Like I think he. Yeah, it I think great. And, you know, watch the scene like and watch him be like, yeah, that scene cost like five million dollars. I was like, what the. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With his blue, beautiful blue lights yeah, in blue the background. Lights, yeah, I thought it was a great scene though. Yeah. So Sarah, she she so the she she's kind of reading the letter, and it is basically yeah. the uh, Rose writing to Mark about you know this you know she's living in New York now and she's kind of scared. Mm-hmm. She wants him to come up basically and visit visit him in New yeah. York, which is which is weird. Like so that's why I thought maybe they were dating, but even then I think that would be weird for her to read the letter. Like why wouldn't she just take it to Mark? But, you know, she reads it, and then she's like, oh, I read, your sister sent you this letter, and it's important because yeah. I read it. 
Now, Here she's like, so apparently this Sarah girl, she read the letter, and it, ha- it did say yeah. stuff about the three mothers in there. So she's like, mm-hmm. well, fuck, I'll just go to the library. And boy, what a to fucking... To look up the three mothers. What a library this was. Mm-hmm. So, so she goes to the uh, the library, and yeah. um, I guess she's... I, I, the only thing I could think of is when somebody is on the pursuit of the three mothers, like, I guess uh-huh. the mothers know about it, and they start making their person a little ill. Because she yes. was acting a little strange and acting like a, like a semi-little ill. Or or maybe she felt like something was following her, you know, because she, she read this story about the three mothers. So I think that was part of the prompt point. It seemed like every time somebody would bring up the three mothers and stuff and try to investigate them, like, weird things would obviously it would happen to them. So... Right, yeah. So, and, and that's a common uh, uh, thing in these movies is that, so the, the witches, so the witches control the world and they're kind of, they're kind of like the Illuminati, like, like we think of the Illuminati now or dead in the nineties or whatever, but they kind of control the entire world and all from the background. Um, and um, so, so yeah, so, so I, I, the way I take it is they have this, they they have this way of knowing if somebody's trying to find out about them, and then they put all these obstacles in their way, yes. which is what he, they're doing now with Sarah. So she's in there, and this guy, this library guy, I mean, this guy had to be like 100 years old, okay? She goes up right next to him, and he's like, oh, you need something? She's like, yeah, I'm looking for the three minutes. He's like, oh, yeah, it's right over there. We get that shit rented out all the time. <laughs> I made that part up, but it, that's what the way he was saying. He's like, yeah, it's right there. No problem. I know right every. I know. I, I, I think that was is. funny because <laughs> she was like looking, looking for this really ra- supposedly really rare book. Yeah, and 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 he's like, oh, it's right behind you. Yeah, like oh, she yeah. just happened to be standing in the spot that it was in. Yes. Um. So while she she picks up the book and stuff, and this guy is, uh, I guess, closing time, ringing his bell, yeah, and, I was, and I was like, put in my notes, like, well, there's fucking nobody <laughs> there. Like, why is this guy ringing a bell? I just think it's weird that they ring a bell. Yeah. You know, it's like a bring out your yeah. dead kind of bell. Like, ding, ding. Like, he's walking through the thing ringing a bell. Like, maybe yeah. that's an, a European thing. Maybe it's like, you know, Italy in 1980. That's perfectly fucking normal. But I don't know. I think oh. it's fucking weird. So, you know, we, we get some, we get some, she reads a little bit of it, how the book is not fictional. It's a diary from, mm-hmm. from the, from the author. And it's basically, it, it kind of like, explains his strange death about this person. And then we can hear somebody whisper, Sarah. Cause like, like we were saying, every time somebody's in a pursuit mm-hmm. of the three mothers, there's like yeah. weird stuff that happens to them. Right. So we have the closing time. She leaves, she goes down a place that says exit. She goes all the way down to a dungeon room. So apparently, I mean, to be honest with you, this library is pretty badass. You get in there, you got yeah, two old guys that look like they're on death's bed. Right? It's fucking yeah. creepy as shit in there. And then the way you check out, and it's not like it's not like you know nowadays you just go to some like you know register. No, you go to a dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but it's not just like a dungeon room. It's like yeah. there's like bowling cauldrons and all yeah. kinds of shit in the yeah. basement, <laughs> library basement. It's like, what, who are these guys? Like, what are they? I like doing? how like right next to the cash register, it's like this this guy with like the like you were saying like this like bowling water or like fire water and shit. <laughs> And she's like, like, and he's like looking at him, and she's like, "Hey, I can't find my way." He's like, "We got the wrong room." 
I was like, I'd have been like, well, why the fuck is there like fire cauldrons in a library? Like, what are you guys yeah, burning why am over I, here? Why am I going? Why do I even have to go this way? <laughs> it's like, where can I buy this fucking book at? <laughs> so the fire guy sees that and through the mirror that she is holding the three mothers book. And he's like, uh-uh, mm. that don't work for me, brother. You better give mm. me that book. So he fucking takes her and is like, where did you get that? Or what do you say? Like, why did you have that book or something? Well, it's like, well, fuck, bro. You had it in your fucking shelf. (laughs) You just had it on the shelf. So, and I asked you where it was and you told me. Yeah, exactly. What the hell is going on here? Bro, if I was a surrogate, I'd be so confused. I'm like, bro, all I did was I told, I asked this guy, it looks like he's on deathbed, where the book was. He gave me the book and I'm trying to leave and now you're trying to kill me. Okay. So he, he gets attacked by this huge giant guy. And then she gets away, and she runs. She gets her mm-hmm. her, her uh, she she gets her uh, shirt caught in the door, a little bit of suspense. And then she eventually gets away from him while the guy was chasing her down. But so, she leaves the book behind. Yeah, she leaves the book behind. Yeah, she drops the book. Yeah. So, so now we have the t- taxis uh, bringing her back to her apartment building, and mm-hmm. uh, she meets this guy in the apartment, and she's like, he's like, hey, well, you know, what floor? She's like, the fourth floor. And like they smile a little bit at each other, and he's about to leave, and he's like, "No, oh, she's like, don't leave me." He's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "I'm, li- I'm really scared right now. I need you to help me." He's like, "Okay, well, I got nothing else to do for the day, so I'll, I'll help you out." It's like this guy right here. He wanted some <laughs> pussy. Don't even tell me he didn't. I know he. I know. He no, was no, you're right. It. You're right. So this you're other right. girl, she wasn't too bad looking on the eye, so I don't blame him. Uh, so, <laughs> so they're back now. They're ask- now they're telling each other what they do. So he's just like, oh, he's like, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a music student. All right. And the guy's like, well, I'm a, I'm a sports broadcaster. <laughs> all right. And then like, he, yes. she's all like, have you ever heard the, uh, the, the book about the three mothers? Oh, you mean those black singers? He's like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, I'm talking about just... mythology. He's like, so listen. Weird. He's like, listen. I don't know. I, mean, I know what this guy was thinking. He's like, okay, she she might be a little bit of a crazy bitch, but you know what? If I get her drunk in here, you know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I can looking. say something that will impress her yeah. if she uh, when she mentioned those these things to her to me. Like, exactly. He's like, I'm a sports broadcaster. What a random ass thing for him to be. I know. It's just like it's so random. Like he could have just been like, you know, I'm a banker, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But now I'm a sports broadcaster. Okay. So the big thing about our sports caster bro he's like oh, i don't believe in all that spooky shit he's like mm-hmm. i only believe whatever i can see or touch it's like he's trying right. hard over here with some of the flirty lines and then she starts playing some classical music for some reason i guess it has to like deal with like mythology or something and they're playing the music um they start listening to some of the music i would see some moonlight shots and shit and she tries to, she tries to go into the other room and call mark all right, and then she he calls mm-hmm. Mark. And she's like, "I found your sister's letter, and you have to read it." It's like, "Ah, oh, well, I don't have time to read it and shit." He's like, "Well, you need to come. You need to come over, and I'll let you know what happened and stuff. Some spooky stuff is happening to me." And um, and then during this, the uh, the lights and the music. I actually thought I actually the way they did this was actually pretty interesting, and I yes. think it's very creative. So we have like the uh, the classical music playing in the background. Uh, why she's talking to Mark, and mm-hmm. Mark Mark's on his way over, but um, it's like going in and out. The music is, and it's like, but well, the power's going. The, on. Yeah, the power's going in and out, and like it, yeah. it was just cool the way they did it. Like 
it, it, I thought it was really neat. And uh, so now they, uh, so now, and then we see a bunch of like random scenes of like a lizard, a girl hanging, and it's like some cutting <laughs> of heads. Yeah, so it's just like random. It looks like just yeah. random stock footage. Like there's like a lizard eating like a moth or something. Yeah. And then just like random like other scenes that are just stuck in there. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah freaks out and she's calling Carlo. That's the sportscaster's guy's name. His name is Carlo. Carlo, yeah. And Carlo, oh, don't worry about it. It's just the uh, it's just an overload of the wires. And she's like, well, yeah. don't go there. It's like I gotta go by the fuse box. Oh, okay. Well, just let me know where you're at. <laughs> Perfect. So he goes Perfect. to check on them, and uh, and she's he's going down to the breaker box room and stuff. And uh, he he's telling her where he's at and everything. She's like, and then she starts getting a little scared, so she runs runs to him, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, I think I fixed it." She's like, "Okay, cool." She so she goes to him down to the breaker box room, and then when she she turns into there, op pops Carlo with a fucking knife in his neck, brother. Yeah. So okay, hold the phone for a second. So, but isn't he just like around the corner? Like you make it sound like he went like downstairs, or, like in the basement. But isn't he just like in the other room? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a hallway down. Okay, because yeah, like mean, you know, so when does I just find this dubious? Like this scene shouldn't be funny, but it is. Like where he like comes around the corner, he's got a knife stuck through his neck. Yeah. But like literally seconds before that, he was still talking to her and saying he was okay. Well, the, so and there was no sound of scuffle. She didn't hear anybody like, like you know, fighting or anything. No. And then all of a sudden, he's got a knife through his neck. It's just weird the way well, it happened. The the it black magic. The black glove c- killer is back. Yeah, who's probably Argento. Yes. So when you when you have that. the black glove killer brother, you know he 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 can van- he can teleport everything. They can do everything. Yeah, that's true. We've seen that before. Yes. So the black glove killer does teleport. So Carlo, while he has a fucking knife through his neck, fucking falls on mm. Sarah, bleeds all over her. And that yep. nice Italian uh, uh, red type blood on there. Oh, it's so beautiful. The bright, bright red the blood. Bright, yeah, the bright one. And uh, uh, <laughs> so she, uh, so then she tries to run away and then the killer takes the knife out of the neck and stabs her in the back. Mm-hmm. And then Mark just shows up. He's looking around for Sarah, and he reads uh, uh, reads the note. You know that note um, about the uh, the key being under his shoe. Yeah. And we see our first broken glass. Did we mention that? Yeah. We did we mention that she, that Mark called her? No, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. I said that. I said, uh, okay, I said, that, Sarah okay, called I could, Mark. I couldn't remember if you mentioned that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sarah called Mark, and then this, the phone call gets cut off. Yeah, which is how why could he you? Over there. How could you forget that? All right, our boy. Oh, I see, I think, I think said. the problem is Allison. You've been thinking about these mothers, mm-hmm. and they're starting to haunt you. Maybe. Huh? Yeah, they're coming. They're coming to get me. I'm, I'll never sleep again. I'm don't forget. Call you at three a.m. Yeah, exactly. And don't forget the little keys under your shoe now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll be terrified and I won't even sleep tonight. There you go. So he sees broken glass. And that's uh, so if you all are doing uh, shots, if every time I say <laughs> broken glass, uh, just start it up because there's a lot of broken glass. Yeah, that's your first shot right there. Yeah. And then like he's kind of looking and this shot was pretty cool, but like I don't really understand why it was there. So like Sarah comes through like a 
plastic wall or something. Like Sarah, when she's dead, she comes to like the little, the little piece of like plastic. Um. Well, no, she's the, the glass cuts her uh, head off or he- cuts her in her neck. No, 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 no. That's some, that, that's way later. I'm talking about Sarah. Oh, okay. This is when Sarah, she got stabbed by the neck. And oh, then, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I was thinking of Rose. Sorry. Yeah, Spoilers she, for everybody yeah. out there. Um, and yeah, she comes to uh, the, yes, the yes. plastic. like It's like a plastic something. Like I mean, I like the way they did it because yeah. you can kind of see it like pop out and stuff, but it's just so random me there. And then Mark looked yeah, confused. Yeah. Just as confused as we are. Yeah, so he goes outside and then that, <laughs> I like my notes. It's like Mark's outside. Pussy girl follows him in a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he sees her in a taxi yeah. again. Yeah, and then that's um, no it. Motorhead this time though. Yeah, no, no Motorhead this time uh, with the death scene. Yes, exactly. They're just out there, and he's looking. And I, I like, I like this. Ran, this random guy's like, "Hey, you know what happened in there?" He's like, "No, she was dead before I got there." I was like, "Okay, that's not how that's, that's how we're doing a police investigation for the guy who was on, <laughs> on the murder scene." Hey, do you know what happened there? I was no, thinking okay. that same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, why are they letting him walk away? Like, yeah. would he not be the like the very first fucking like yeah. suspect that you would think of? Exactly. Like, There's two dead not bodies. Only was he like, yeah. Yeah. and he's there. He's there, alive. Yeah. It's like, oh and, well, and he's not maybe her boyfriend. And because you know, that makes sense, right? Like, if they're, especially if they're dating, because like that whole that whole scene plays out is like, oh, he showed up. She's cheating on him with this Carlo guy. He kills both of them. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like it. It's obvious, but no, they just let him walk away. They just ask him yeah. if he knows what happened. Says nope, and he's the, clear to go to New York. The only thing I could think that was going through his head was maybe he thought like this guy, yeah, like this guy that he, she, she was either cheating on with or something like that. Like they they killed each other out of passionate, passionate Italian passion. Maybe Italian passion, passionate Italian passion. Yeah, maybe could be. So now Mark's back home. His car's the sister now. All right, and he's like, yeah, I didn't read your fucking letter. I don't have too much time. By the way, uh, you know that girl, Sarah? He didn't even bring that up at all. He's like, <laughs> not, not even anything. He was all like, um, so basically, the, the problem is they couldn't really hear each other. The phone was going in and out. So this scene was like, ah, I right. can't hear you. It was like, Rose? Rose? Mark? Mark? Rose? Rose? Okay, we got it, guys. And she basically, <laughs> she, it was like, just come here right away. There's some creepy shit going on. So yeah. Mark now needs to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And... So now we're back in New York, and by the way, this was all taking place in April as well, too, because the the little screen text told us. We have Lo- that, yeah. Rose. She is back. She's looking around. So she tries to go on her door knob, all right, and she mm-hmm. gets hand cut. Her hand gets, like, cut on the doorknob, and then she leaves a little, like, handprint on the little curtain. Yep, yeah, bloody handprint, yeah. Yes. So we see some of the kiddos' gloves now, mm-hmm. and Rose is now. She's like, so now, like Rose, she's like walking through the whole like maze of like this hotel. We hear like lots of thunder. There's a shit ton of red lights everywhere. Very, very beautiful stuff. And you know, half this movie was getting characters to rock walk into very cool rooms. Yeah, right. like, well, and, and I think that's typical of Argento and, and Suspiria and in this movie is that the story is kind of secondary to how it looks. 
You yes. know what I mean? Like, like this movie looks great, and like, but why some of the things that happen in it are kind of a mystery still. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like a lot of it is having characters walk into rooms that look really cool. For some so reason. she's walking around and she's you know moving, and then eventually she gets caught by some demon hands, and then she gets mm-hmm. pushed onto this guillotine, and she starts getting her fucking yeah. uh, uh, head chopped off multiple times. So this yes. is the, the guillotine moment with Rose, which I thought was pretty. Uh, I mean, it was pretty shocking. She just ran. I thought this girl was going to be like a main character, but now she's just like. Yeah, took I thought, her she, I thought she'd. Her. Yeah, I, I, right. I thought she'd be a main character. So we're like forty minutes into the movie, and yeah. like two of the people that we thought would be main characters are dead. Yeah. Um, but is this is the scene where she's walking through the room and has the cobwebs and everything in it? Yeah. And there's like a stuffed alligator in there for some reason, like a taxidermied alligator. Yeah. For some reason, in this room. Well, because you know, who, <laughs> yeah. whoever stayed in this room likes their taxidermy. Apparently so. And then, but yeah, then there, then she gets guillotined by the, by the window, by the piece of glass. So now Mark arrives at the building, nineteen ten. He sees our boy Kazarian's antiques. <laughs> he goes inside. Um, he asks for you know, hey, he sees like the front desk lady. And they're hiding yeah. some meat, so they're 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 up to something. So I, at first, it, it yeah. makes it look like they are the ones that killed Rose and it's gonna eat her. Yeah, and they're like chopping her up. So yeah, yeah, I thought that at first too, but they're just hiding this meat from him. So so this whole scene is like we meet all these like David Lynch type weird ass characters. Yeah, like all these people are just fucking weird. They yeah. live in this apartment. Building. Yeah. Yeah, they work. And they all have they like weird, there. weird yeah. ailments. <laughs> yeah, they all like, fucking weird. Everybody, that, yeah, yeah, they're all just weird. All the people that work there and all the people that live there are just fucking. So weird. I, I don't know how this is real anyway. So he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for my sister Rose." Oh yeah, she's up in uh, uh, the fourth floor room. I'll let, here, let me get the keys and let me take you in there. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on a second. You didn't even check for my ID or anything. Like, I'm just gonna come in this hotel, ask for Rose. I can just go into her room, no problem. I'm gonna show like proof or anything. No, just go in the fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is a completely different time, but yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to believe that even in 1980, like, yeah. it'd be like you could go and ask for someone, and then like they would just say, "Oh yeah, here's a key. She's in room, you know, 41 on the fourth floor. Here you go." Yeah. So they run into this old guy with his like nurse. All right, and they go on the elevator together. And she's like, "Oh," and then the the professor the front, Arnold. Yeah, Professor Arnold. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the friend Desley is, "Oh yeah, this is uh, Rose's sister from Rome." So our boy Mark came from Rome all the way to New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's in like a wheelchair and he's, you know, Professor Arnold. And he's like staring at a hole through this guy. And the nurse like, oh, he wants to speak to you. And they're like, oh, what is, what do you, what do you do? He's like, well, I study music. And at first the guy thought well, he's, like, he, he was like, what, studying like medicine? He's like, no, it's studying no, he music. Says- Go ahead. No, he says he says I study musicology. Yes, that's and right. then she says something like, um, "Like, oh, well, it's good to have people who study toxicology." Yeah, and he's like, "No, musicology, music. Like, it's just a weird scene. Like, this has nothing to do with the plot. It's just them. It's just yeah. the prof- and Professor Arnold and his nurse being weird." And then she's like, "Oh yeah, you do strange stuff like your sister does." He's like, "My sister writes poetry." And she's like, yeah, whatever. Such a perfect pursuit for a for a woman or something like that. Perfect pursuit for a woman. He's just like, what the hell's going on here? (laughs) I'd have been like, this is nurse and this old guy basically telling me my life's career sucks. (laughs) He's like poetry, a pastime suited for Mm -hmm. women, and like, holy shit, okay. So by the way, they have a cool looking hobby because I put that in my notes. 
Mm-hmm. And so now Mark goes into Rose's room and he sees that the phone is off the hook. And he sees mm-hmm. that he sees like a little thing that says master on it. And then mm-hmm. we see a chopping meat scene. Mm-hmm. And With then the we people chopping up the meat. Yeah, chopping up that meat from earlier. Uh, we see some red, red dungeon. All right. Mm-hmm. And then they put the meat to feed the do- feed the dog. Or is it the cat? I think yeah, it's a it, cat. It was it's a cat. a cat. Yeah. And then it shows the like yeah. up close like of these cats like just eating this raw meat. Yeah. For some reason. And it seems to go on for a while. Yeah, then we have the uh, uh, Bart Kazarian. He's walking around all creepy. Mm-hmm. All right? Mark's putting up his things and stuff, and he keeps hearing somebody say hello. But it's like not coming from the door. It's like coming from the vents and stuff. And he sort of like looks around all creepy and stuff. And then uh, and then he goes up to the door, and he sees some girl on there. And that this girl is looking for his sister, Rose. All right? And he's like, well, how come you said hello over there? She's like, well, the, the, the sound over here echoes everywhere. <laughs> All right, so well, there's these holes in the wall. She's like, See the yeah. holes in the wall? They connect to pipes. And Rose and yeah. I discovered this, and you can talk to people in different apartments through these holes in the wall. Yes, um, but yeah, this is Elise Adler. She's uh, yeah. who's played by Dario Nicolodi. Um, she's Rose's friend, and she's uh, does, does she say like her husband's on business or something, and she's yeah. like sickly and she can't leave the apartment or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I've been here for like five years and shit. And, you yeah. know, she's talking, talking about her husband, left her alone and stuff. And, uh, you know, she and, was friends with Rose. And she has a butler for her apartment. Yeah, she for has her a butler. Apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can kind of see that there's some blood on the carpet as well, too. But, no, it's paint. Remember, she says it's well, paint. Well, yeah, at first she says it's paint, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we can see it on the floor. Obviously, we know what it it's is. It's obviously blood, yeah. So they kind of like, you know, they're trying to figure out where Rose is because um, the uh, uh, Adler, she didn't know where she, she, she wasn't really sure where Rose was at. She was like looking for her and stuff. And Mark's like, yeah, I'm here for my sister. And he's all like, what kind of people live here? <laughs> She's like, well, Which is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> she, and she was like, well, you know, um, we don't have a lot of people Weird living is. here right now. We're like, there's only a few of us. Most of the rooms are empty. <laughs> All right. And the butler. Some shows of them are up. underwater. Yeah. And then the butler shows up. It's like, oh yeah, we have a phone call, madam. She's like, okay, well, excuse me, we'll talk later. So her and her and Mark are going to talk a little later. And this is where he, they're on the elevator, and they they you know they thought the blood was paint. Yeah. Um. And then they did they did they did discuss. A little bit about Rose before she got left over. That the uh, she did mm-hmm. buy some books from the uh, um, antique guy, Kazarian. Yeah. Okay. So now we have that that uh, uh, Kazarian guy. He is now reading yep. some books and he starts hearing some noises. Mm-hmm. And the way they shot this whole scene was like some sort of vampire film, like the, just the yeah. way like the old school vampire. Like you could tell like that's where he got the influence from just by doing these couple scenes. And we see the black glove. It's back, and it takes mm-hmm. every copy of the three mothers. Yeah. So we ain't selling that shit, brother. We're we're we're, we're rehauling it. Okay. I'm not gonna. It's sell just it weird you. that if if the book is so important, like you know, if the book is what tips everybody off to the three mothers, and they've been around for centuries, yeah. like why haven't they gotten rid of all the copies of the book before now? Well, see what happened, brother. The the <laughs> publishing company. <laughs> um, of the uh, the, uh, the the tales of Italian blood has re released it. 
Oh, right. Okay. And, and they haven't yeah. got around to getting all the copies. Yet. <laughs> yeah, they haven't got all the copies. I love, I love, I love when you when you uh, when you always when you make up. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the show is when you make up some kayfabe reason for these things to happen. <laughs> I got, they I, don't make any sense. I'm here to fill in the gaps, everybody. That's what I do. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So our boy, because uh, he's like looking around the shop, you hear all these noises, and he eventually gets attacked by a cat, and we hear, we hear some we hear some more glass breaking. So everybody take their second shot. Yeah. These cats are no joke, by the way. Yes. So now we see the butler. He's all like, okay, it's 200 milligrams, but you could take about 400. I That's was like, fine. I was like, damn, this girl about to get <laughs> fucked up. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, you can double the dose, yeah. and that's usually not a problem. Yeah. It's not fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. It's like, should I prepare you a bath? Yes. And then he goes, so this bathroom scene was like trippy. I don't know why it was so trippy to me. It's like yeah. this like blue tub. And yeah. it's like this pink light randomly right there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is trippy. And then this guy takes his huge measuring stick and he measures the temperature. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it has to be the right temperature for the lady he works for, right? That's true, yeah. This guy he's like, does his job correctly. He has a huge-ass fucking thermometer and that shit. So now Adler, she is now noticing like, wait a minute, that shit ain't that shit's really blood. That ain't no fucking paint. Uh-huh. It's not paint. He's like, hey, there, your bath's ready. So now Adler, she is now she's she's now she she decided to skip her bath. All right, now yeah. she she went up to Mark's room and she's talking to Mark. This is a cool scene too. With you know, like I was saying before, like the this film, this it really was shot very well. I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it's like every classical shot you can imagine. This guy did, like, because you get them both right now sitting by each other, and then like, then when, um, then when when the uh, uh, Adler when she was talking about the three mother story, that's when the blue light was on her too. So I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Looked great, yeah. So she is now explaining to Mark that Rose was she was very interested in death and stuff. And she got a book from that fucking uh, that, that crazy guy downstairs, the Kazarian guy. She got this three mother story, and then she starts telling Mark all about the three mothers, you know, all the names and stuff, the darkness ones. And um, she's like, she said, like, yeah, she was reading that old book and stuff. So she's basically giving the whole backstory of the book, and she was telling, she was like trying to figure out some of the mystery of it, saying it was like a real story. And then she's like, hey, by the way, I think I saw some uh, blood on the floor. Then they go look at it. And they hear, then eventually Adler, she hears a laughter. She's like, hey, did you hear that laughter? Mark's like, no, but hey, that really is blood on the floor. (laughs) It's not paint. (laughs) It's not paint. It's never paint. And then Mark's like, okay, where does this blood lead to? She's like, well, it leads to the the, the control room. He's like, okay, I'm going to go down. You want to come? No, I'm scared. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mark goes all the way down to the control room, the basement, and boy, this is when we were like, Argento was like, okay, what can I do to use this money they gave me? I'm going to get a bunch of wind everywhere. That's a great idea. Wind. So this room is so windy. Okay, just wind everywhere. All right? And even, though, even though it's inside. It's inside. He just opens up one little thing, wind everywhere in this fucking thing. And Mark Argento starts, loves wind. There was, there was a lot of wind in Phenomena, too. Yeah. Oh, he loves his wind, brother. Yeah, maybe does. maybe when he like negotiated his contract, he's like, "Listen, guys, I need some red light, I need some blue light, I need some fucking wind. How much are you gonna pay me?" Good wind budget. All right, I gotta have a good wind yeah. budget. Like, come on now. So the wind's so strong that it like pretty much knocks Mark out. 
And uh, well, no, I thought he passed out because of the smell. Oh yeah, the, the cake, cake factory. Yeah, the cake factory smell. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. The wind had the cake. That makes sense. The kid. Ki- the yeah. The I, ki- at first, I thought the wind just knocked his ass out, but I guess it was the cake factory wind smell. <laughs> cake so, factory is so fucking random. So out there, she sees the handprints, so now she's really freaking out. And then she hears Mark falls, so she's like, she's trying to like go towards him and stuff, and she sees him through right, the window, yeah. and we can see him uh, getting dragged by the hooded black glove figure. Mm-hmm. So there's more wind. Where Adler's at right now. And Does she, your notes say more wind? Yes. It literally <laughs> says more wind. <laughs> so now and then and then it puts she goes into a old windy room. Alright. And then she while she's in this room, all these crazy cats attack her ass. <laughs> yeah, so huh? this is <laughs> <laughs> this scene and then like the scene that's coming up in Central Park are my yes. two favorite parts. Of them. Yes, they are. And they fantastic. shouldn't be. Yeah, no, but it's so be. it's just so dark and random. Like yes. so, like you like the cats are attacking her, but you can tell that they're not cats attacking her. It's like yeah. they're literally throwing live cats at this woman. Yeah, like they're just like you know, kind of like how um, Hitchcock did in The Birds, where he had um, Janet Lee. Was it yeah. Janet Lee? No, she was in. Anyway, whoever was in uh, whichever Bond he was, he killed in uh, in uh, the bird. Tibby Hedren, Tibby Hedren, yeah. So you know, there's a scene where he has Tibby Hedren, and they're like throwing like they're the people offset are like grabbing birds out of this big box and like throwing birds at her. Like it's it's exactly that, and it's in slow motion in this. They're like these throwing these slow motion cats at her, yeah, and they're like just hitting her and falling to the floor. And like I can just imagine what this scene is like when they're like shooting it. It's just. Like they're just throwing these cats at her, and then the cats are falling to the floor, and yeah. like, yeah. They also show that the cat's face is on there. It's a really good scene. Yeah. So it's then, a really good so scene. then the, so then randomly the hooded figure just shows up and stabs her. So there she goes. Mm-hmm. So, so Mark, she's he, dead. Yeah. So Mark wakes up in the main lobby. All right. He sees a front desk girl and shit, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I'm sick. I think I'm having a heart attack." <laughs> and then like her, and then this other random old girl, which we find out who that is later. They mm-hmm. are saying, hey, you need some heart medicine. Luckily, yeah. we have heart medicine that you need in this random we just, hotel. We just, it was, yeah. It's an apartment building. But apartment yeah, we just building, happen yes. to have this, this heart medicine yes. that, you, that we know you need because uh, we just, we, not that we've examined you, but we know you need this heart medication yeah. and we happen to have it. So yes. here, take this. So here, drink this water too. And then four, <laughs> four, I put four old people to just look at his ass. All right, weirdly. <laughs> And he asked for Rose. Yeah, it's like, hey, here's what happened. And then he asked for Rose, take me to her. And then and then the, the front desk girl's like, okay, we're just going to bring you back up to your room. Mm-hmm. So Mark wakes up in his room. It's like afternoon now. So he's sleeping all the time. Looks outside the window, a bunch of ants on the fucking door. Yeah. All right. And then That's Mark, reason. yeah. So then Mark goes to the other girl's, you know, the, the uh, Alder's room, and she's asking for it, but there's no answer. And the butler is like looking mm-hmm. up there. He's like, oh, okay. So now we have the Kazarian guy. He is complaining about the cats to the front desk woman. He's like, if you don't take care of these cats, I will. Basically. Yes. So, and then the front desk lady sees Mark. She's like, oh, you feeling well, Mark? He's like, yeah, yeah, I feel a little bit better. And I was like, oh, the heart medicine was working out pretty great, wasn't it? He's like, I I don't really have heart problems before. I was like, well, we gave you heart medicine. Everything's good. It's like, okay. Everything's good. You're fine now. And then the, the cat guy walks by and says, hey, who's that? He's like, oh, that's the guy who owns the antique store. He's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to him. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. he's masking. He's asking this Kaz guy about the uh, his sister and stuff, buying keys. Like, yeah, she bought shit for me all the time. And he's like, oh, are, have you ever heard about the story of kids on you know keys under the shoe and stuff? He's like, I don't do riddles. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't do jokes and riddles. Yeah. And then and then randomly he's like, hey, uh, you gonna watch that uh, clips tonight? Should be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that never came up again in the movie, but yeah, <laughs> never he does came talk about an eclipse. <laughs> I was like, okay, but he does talk it? about this eclipse. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then comes the disturbing part of the movie. So this guy, Kaz, he goes into his fucking shop, finds one and of those. He takes care of the cats. Yeah, finds a cat and puts the cat and a bunch of bunch of other cats in the fucking bag. Yeah, like this, and, like, and they're sack. real cats. Like real at this cats, point yeah. in the movie, he's he's. The actor is grabbing real cats and stuffing them into a bag. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's fucking cool. I thought he was just going to like put the cats in the bags and lock them up in some sort of like safe or something. I was like, fuck, bro. No, that's crazy. That's not what happens. Yeah. So now it's like nighttime. I guess during that eclipse, nobody's watching except for him. I guess. So he's but, like. The, but okay. But here's the thing, though. In this very scene, it shows a full moon. There's no eclipse. Yeah. Maybe he's just crazy. Maybe, but yeah, so this is the maybe scene that was shot wrong. in Central Park. Maybe, maybe he had the date wrong. Maybe, yeah, had, this is the scene that was shot on location in Central Park. Yeah. Maybe he just had too much pussy on the mind. Maybe, haha. Pussy can't get it? There. Okay. I got it, I get it's it. It's my one joke for the... Alright, so he's walking in Central Park, right? And yeah. everybody, we gotta remember this one. So there's a hot dog stand right, right in the middle of the swamp or whatever, Central Park. There's a hot dog. Remember, remember this. <laughs> Okay, remember this part. So he well, it's like a pond. It's a pond. So there there are ponds in Central Park. I, I call this a, a hot sewer. dog vendor. It's all shit. Okay, there's pouring shit out. There's a hot dog vendor. That's we got true. You. That's true. And there's a hot dog vendor there for some reason. Yeah. So our boy Kazarian, his plan is to take the bag full of cats, yeah, and walk his happy ass on out to the the the, the swamp, yeah, and bury the fucking cats in the swamp, and that's what he does. He's gonna. He's gonna drown the cats in the so swamp. He, yes. Yeah. Now, does he have one bag or two? I couldn't tell. I think he had one. He, he had one. He had. He only had one bag, okay. and they didn't actually drown cats in the movie. Yeah, of course. Which yeah. is not. Which is not a in in Italian movies. That is not a given. Yeah. So there's a lot of these movies that we're going to be talking about probably this year where they actually did kill animals in the movie, but this is not one of them. They did no. not murder cats. Yeah, you um, can tell. A, a, the, you can tell. Not. Yeah, they had like a device that made it the bag move. Yeah. But but yeah, like so like that's the thing too is like he walks out in the water with his shoes and everything on. He's on crutches too, by the way. And he's on crutches, yeah. And he walks out of the water in his crutches with his bag of cats over his shoulder. Yeah. And then like so he's like up to like nearly his knees, I guess, in water. And then he like puts the bag in the wa- in the water and he's like pushing the bag underneath with his crutch to try to drown the cats. Yeah. And there's rats everywhere. And there's rats everywhere. A ton of rats. Our boy, I'm guessing yeah, this is the all of these right things here. happened. Yeah, I'm guessing all the things. Yeah, this is the budget getting all those damn rats. Um, I'm guessing though that a lot of these things that seem random were created by the power of the witch. I yes. guess. But yeah, that, that, maybe I mean, she's that, darkness. Right, that has to be what the story is, right? Yeah, yeah she's darkness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it all kind of like you know we joke around a little bit like these are random scenes, but this does make sense because she is the, the mother of darkness and she is the craziest one, so mm-hmm. she likes to fuck with people. All right. Right. So our, our cat. Then, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, but then he's drowning the cats. Yeah. And then of course he falls into the water. Yeah, yeah. He tripped and fell in the water. And all these rats yeah. started eating him. Yeah. All right. But that's and, not enough. No, 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 that's not enough, brother. This that is can't Italian. be that can't be the end of the this is New York scene. City. This is Italian horror, brother. This is not the end. You don't think a bunch of rats gonna be eating you alive. That's <laughs> it, brother. No. All right. <laughs> We're gonna have fucking uh all right. We can we gonna have uh, uh, these rats just just be the end of it. So he's eating the shit. No. He's screaming out, "Ah, these rats, rats are meeting me help alive! Me, help me!" Yeah. And randomly, the fucking hot dog <laughs> shop guy hears his ass. Yeah. All yeah. white suit and everything, hot dog dude. He like rushes out of the fucking hot dog stand, runs and yeah. runs and does runs he, and runs to try to go help our boy. Does he come help him? <laughs> so he runs through his ass. It gets there, and he just fucking chops his head off for no reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, like the hot dog guy, like just yeah. cuts his head off with a knife for yes. some some reason. So so now we cut back to the butler guy. He's like, "Hey, you know, she's gone and everything, and I found her stash, all her valuables and stuff." Yeah. He's telling the front desk lady this. She's like, "Okay, good. We found all her stuff." The butler. Yeah, the butler. Yeah, yeah. Lisa's butler. Yeah, yeah, the butler. Yeah. And she's all like, okay, cool. We could, we could take your stuff. So say, what I need you to do now is I need you to, his name is John. The butler's name is John. He's like, John, I need you to go down and call uh, Alice's husband and tell her that she left with all her things. And I guess where we could be rich like all these rich folk are. And he's like, well, what if this stupid bitch comes back? She's like, she ain't going to come back. Trust me. She, she ain't, ain't going to come back. And he's like, yes, we're going to be living like these rich bastards now. And then uh, the butler goes down there. I called it the vampire room that they were in because it looked pretty sweet as shit. <laughs> All right. Yes, it did. He hears a noise and shit, and he eventually gets uh, uh, grabbed by one of those demon that demon hand from earlier. Mm-hmm. So now we have that front desk lady looking for John and stuff in the vampire room, and uh, she uh, and then she's looking around, looking around, and then she turns around to the one part of the room and she sees John with his eyes ripped all out, brother. Yes. So it wouldn't be eye an gouging. Italian film without some eye gouging, brother. Yeah, yeah, Italian eye gouging. And guess what? She saw some broken glass on the floor, so take a shot. Yeah, take a shot. So now, during all this stuff, some candle starts burning up the curtains and shit. So now the curtains are on flames and then that curtain flame falls on the front desk lady and then she falls through a couple floors and she burns up okay yes so this is kind of weird too because like we'll see this scene later with this lady just burning in this spot like the fire department doesn't come or anything there she's just burning in the inside this building so mark shows up and stuff and he is uh he's in he's he's basically wandering around uh rose's room and stuff look all confused he's like i have no idea what's going on here everybody keeps disappearing and everything so now, though, let's take stock for a second. So now, everyone in this movie is dead. It's right, except for Mark and the nurse, right? Everybody else is yes, dead. Yes, and that old guy in the wheelchair. And the old guy in the wheelchair, yeah, uh, Albert. Yes. Who does? Who who doesn't speak yet? Yes. So now Mark is looking at the picture of the hotel, and he keeps saying about this thing about souls in a shoe, and we see yeah. the 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 front desk body's burning. We see a bunch of ants. The, and now the vampire room is all burning up. So Mark realizes there's the ants are coming with this little hole from this place. So he finds a little spray to get the ants away. And he opens up the floor. And the flames are getting more in that, near the pipes now too. And then mm-hmm. Mark, you know, he opens up the floor. And then I like how just a random cat goes in there. 
<laughs> we never see it yeah. again. I thought we killed all the we cats, but apparently again. they forgot this one. Because it was hiding in a hole in the floor. Yeah. No, no, no. He was from the window, and he went into the floor. Oh, right. Correct. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So Mark finds a note talking about the three mothers. He goes mm-hmm. underneath the floor and stuff. We have this random Latin. Like, fuck, I put Latin music. We have this random Latin. <laughs> Suspiria. Suspiria. Yeah, right? it's like, um, yeah. Um, you know, one thing, too, is like, um, it sounded like a ghost song. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty it. sure that it was. Yeah, some of that song could have been like an influence on uh, on Ghost, but maybe. So he's in that level. He basically, he's, the song's like blaring. Okay? And we see this cat eating a rat over there. Yeah. All right, so he's going deeper. I put it, he's like, he's going deeper and deeper into these levels. Hmm. So he goes into a, a cool little red study. This is when mm-hmm. we see the old guy, Albert, and his nurse. All right, he's looking at him. And then he eventually goes down to the where the uh, Albert is, and Albert's in like he's like a he's like an audio system. And yeah, I, so I was trying to understand this. So it's like the system that he set up so that he could speak, right? Yeah. Through this like mechanical voice, because he doesn't speak. Yes. So, <laughs> so this was semi Scooby Doo. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was all like it's it's a little Scooby Doo like, yes. Yes. He's like, oh, you figured it out. You know who I am now. <laughs> and Mark's like, I have no idea who the fuck you are. Okay. I don't, I don't even know what's going on. He's like, I am. Uh, you figured it out. I am the guy who wrote the book. I am the, uh, what's the book's guy's name again? Varelli. I am Varelli. But I go through a different name, Arthur. Yes, that's right. You figured it out. And Mark's like, listen, bro, I just want to find my sister. I have no idea who the fuck you are. He's like, you figured it out. You got here to the detention <laughs> level. You have now met the boss. But guess what? I'm not the real boss. And this guy, Mark, is it's like. It's almost like a comedy. It's it almost is. like a comedy in a way. Because he's like, he's like, I didn't, he's like, you figured it out. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're ta- who you are or what you're talking about or what's going on. I've never read this book. Exactly. I have no idea who no any idea. Of this stuff is. Yeah, no idea. I have no idea what's going on. There's flames and shit all burning up in the whole house. All right. And he's all like, and I like how the, the, the opera guy's like, hey, 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 come over here. I need to whisper to you. <laughs> it's the oldest trick in the book. And I was like, first of all, I was like, well, how the fuck is he going to whisper to him when you got a fucking, all your voices coming through that audio thing over there? Shouldn't I go up to the speaker? <laughs> so he goes yeah, up to I mean, to Mark's him. not the smartest guy in this movie. No. no. Did I tell you, I mean, he kind of looks like an Italian version of my dad. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Fucking awesome, bro. Maybe I have a maybe I have an uncle out there I didn't know. It's Mark. Maybe. Uh-huh. And it's this guy. Yeah. So, so, you know, he he's telling them about. <clears throat> basically, he 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 confessed that he was the guy who made the the houses for all the the mothers and stuff. Yeah. And uh, how he he is, uh, you know. He, he's the guy that wrote the book. He made the whole house for the mothers. And he, he tries to poison um, a Mark, but it doesn't work. Mark just pushes his ass off and he gets choked by his own fucking radio. And Mark right. like sucks so, out the okay. poison. So, this guy's been around for centuries. Yeah. And this is how he goes out. Like, he actually chokes on his own, like, little well, radio. Yes. Thing. Well, yes. We'll see. He did, he did explain. Listen, found these three mothers, built them all houses and shit. But apparently, I guess the the mother of darkness or shadows and shit 
she is the cruelest one of all. So I guess she kidnapped him yeah. and kept him locked down in the basement. Oh, so he point. was he was basically saying like this is my my this is basically my tomb in a way because I can't really leave. That, I'm, I'm stuck here. That's a good point. Yeah, because she the mother mm. is the mother of Darnus is the cruelest one. Yes, yes, they didn't mention that. And then he also was saying like um, you know you think I was the the head. <laughs> You think I was a head villain? No, I was just a slave to the master mm. of her. There's a, there's a final boss. There's a final boss, and then the fire starts freaking going all around the place. So now Mark's running through this like the whole house burning is everywhere. He's like running through like all the final rooms, and he finally goes to the final level. That's what I put it. it's like <laughs> a video game. He's just going to like all the final game, level. Yeah. <laughs> it's that uh, it's the candle light room that all the pussies were, or yeah. all the cats were hanging out in. Yeah, make sure you save your game yeah. before you go in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, save it before you get in there. Pause. So yeah, that girl lay on the table. It's the uh, it's the fucking old, one of the old ladies from earlier that was hanging out with the mm-hmm. the, the, the. I don't th- was this the nurse? It might have been the nurse, right? Mm. I'm not sure. But she wakes well, up then- and, and she's all like, "Fire is all burning it down again." I was like, "This has happened before. How many fucking houses you gone through?" <laughs> <laughs> And she's like laughing well, and shit. Yeah, it is the it is the nurse. Yeah. Um, cause, but you haven't revealed the secret about the nurse yet, so I I won't say anything yet. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, she's, oh, like she's the only person still alive. Yeah, she's the only one left alive. Yeah, she's burning all. The, she's like, oh yeah, this place is burning down, and she's all laughing. And she's all like, then she starts talking like super fast. She's like, yeah, she's like, you can't leave in here. You'll be happy for every. Oh, you think this is magic? And then our bar Mark is like, I don't know what the fuck's going. He's like, you think I don't this know is magic? What's going on? I'm not a magician. He's like, come with me. He's like, you got to come with me right now. I got strange stuff to show you. <laughs> All right. And he's like, you wanted to find me. He's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? What's okay. going on? And he's just like, well, you know, I'm the, one of the three mothers. You know, they, I'm one of the three mothers. You know, your sister was out looking for me. Now you have find me and every stuff. I'm one of the three mothers. <laughs> and you know what they call, you know what man calls all these mothers? They call us death. And she turns into like some skeleton thing. Yeah, like death. She yeah. turns into death. Turns into death, brother. So, yeah. So the three mothers, the three witches are kind of like uh, the personification of death. Like they all yeah. represent death. Um, but yeah, so she turns into like a, what I, what I would call like a misfit skeleton. Like yeah. she turns into like a red hooded, like red robe skeleton. And then she breaks through the mirror. Yeah. And then we have more broken glass. So if you guys want to take a shot. Yeah. So Mark breaks yeah. down the door, running through this, this whole place is fucking burning up. Mm-hmm. And he just run away. He just fucking runs out of there, doesn't chuck on the smoke or nothing, gets on out of there. The front door breaks open, runs all out of there. Hotel's burning down. There's mm-hmm. a police and all the fire crew show up and stuff. <clears throat> He's all out of there. He turns around. And he sees the whole place burn. And then we see the uh, the mother of death, her shadow. She's raising her, her, her hands up in the air in the skeleton form. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to that random song. Talk about Suspiria. Yeah. And that has been Inferno, everyone. Yeah. And Mark still has no idea what yeah. was happening. Yeah. Mark, he has no idea. Or, why, yeah. or where his sister is or anything yeah, at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's confused, brother. He's just like, I don't know what the hell happened. Got this letter. Like, you <laughs> show up to you New would York. Think they would at least, you would think they would at least have Mark figure it out. Right, yeah. figure out the riddle. But like he literally 
it doesn't figure anything out. All he figures out is how to get into those like catacombs or yeah. under, or the hidden rooms underneath all the other rooms. Well, I think but, the, like, the the only the only clue he figured out was like the shoe part because maybe because the shoe right the yeah. shoe and the key being underneath the the in the basement. So he figured out those two parts. So, but he didn't even, you know he didn't get to go to the water level. <laughs> he he, no, skip, he skipped he the water yeah. level one. So. He skipped the water level, and like I mean, it's just like you can't help when you really think about it. You can't. If, it's one of those things where it's better not to think too much about it. Yeah. But like, it, it, if you think about it a lot, it's it, it it's really hard to not laugh when she's like, he's she's like, I've been hidden for centuries, and you found me, and he's like, who who are you? Buddy? <laughs> who, who are, are you? Are? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, great. It's like, so what are you great. talking about? I'm one of the mothers of death. You've been searching for me. He's like, what do you, what do you, what do you girl, mean? I have no what do you idea mean you who I am. Bro, I have no idea who you are. Okay. All I know is some crazy girl with some flames behind you. <laughs> you might, you might be big in Japan where you came from, but I don't know who you are yeah. here. <laughs> Who'd yeah, you, you ever be? Yeah, you some indie. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is a fun. I movie, mean, though. like this movie's great. Yeah, it's I a fun love one. this. Movie. I, 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 I absolutely love it. I do enjoy it too. I thought it was great. I like how it was part of like yeah. a trilogy thing. I thought it's kind of cool, but I mm. I enjoyed it too. Like although the, we, yeah. And twenty-seven years later, we would get the last part. of Yes. It. So maybe on the lights out we'll do the Suspiria and the Mother of Tears. We'll do that shit. That'd be cool. But hopefully get around to that. When it comes to this show, we will be continuing our Dario Argento Italian Blood month because we're coming back with another great film he did in the eighties, Tenebrae. Yep. Tenebrae, yeah. So Tenebrae. Yeah, so that's actually a good one to go to go next. Tenebrae is, is a good one to go next because so um um so the Mother of Shadows. Uh, a mother of darkness is called Mater Tenabrerum. I can't say that word very well. So Tenabre means darkness. So um, so Tenabre means of darkness. So that's what we got next week. More darkness. More darkness, brother. Yeah. This is a different kind of movie too. So yeah. this is uh this is this is definitely a, a sidestep for us and for Dario. Nice, I can't but it's wait. a great movie too, in a way, in its should, own way. Should be fantastic, everybody. But Allison, let's leave them with some metal from our little compilation yeah. metal track. What are we listening to? Um, huh? Wow. Do you want to uh, do you want to play um, so something from the compilation track? Let's play. Yeah. Um, uh, let's play. Uh, let's play that praying mantis song that's on it. Ooh, praying mantis, brother. Captured, Captured City, I think is what the name of the song is. Yeah. Yeah, let's play Captured City by Bram Manis. Yeah. We've I played mean, Iron Maiden a lot on this show. That's true. But yeah, man, I mean, it makes sense, you know. Bram Manis, you know, Capture City. You know, our boy Mark, you know, goes to New York City for the first time. You know what I mean? See some lizards and shit. See some cats. See some burning buildings. He doesn't know what the well, hell's going on. Well, I think he's from New York, isn't he? No, he's from Rome. No, I don't think so. I think he's an American. Okay, but he was studying in Rome. And he was, he, yeah, he was studying in Rome. Gotcha. And then his sister lives in New York, and she wants him to come back because these weird things are happening. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think he's an American that's studying in Rome. Gotcha. Just be careful, though. But anyway, when you're on uh, Central Park, you see a hot dog yeah. stand. You're pretty much fucked. Yeah, don't don't call for help from the hot dog vendors if the rats are killing you. Exactly. But everybody, you're get your head cut off. That has been the Retro Blood Inferno. Yep. J.K. Klein, J. Austin. We will see you next week. 
See you guys. <laughs>